0: chapter three of recollections of a missionary in the great west by cyrus townsend brady this librivox recording is in the public domain if the weather however did not put a stop to the services it sometimes played havoc with those necessary concomitants of religious life in the far west known as church sociables on one occasion in one of my missions we had made elaborate preparations for a great crowd which was kept at home by a heavy rain a few of us who had braved the storm were seated in great discomfort in the parlour expressing our opinions with the freedom we all use in like circumstances a small daughter of the house who had been an interested listener suddenly remarked in a pause in the conversation now you're all mad at god because it's raining out of the mouths of babes and sucklings my first sexton was a most curious-looking individual who was of the dunkard persuasion and rejoiced under the name of malachi Yant. he was a short squat man with dust-colored hair which stood out from his head like the fabulous pictures of the circassian girl in the circus poster in nothing else however did he resemble a circassian he was dust-coloured all over and gave one the impression that if he were suddenly shaken the dust would radiate from him as water is showered from a dog after a plunge in the river especially from that broom-like head of hair when he was not serving the church he was a sort of amateur butcher i went to call on him one morning soon after my arrival his wife met me at the door and told me that i would find him in the back yard he was busy as i turned to seek him he came around the corner of the house he was a frightful spectacle all covered with blood and animal debris and smelt vilely i started back in horror what have you been doing i asked i've been killing hogs he said slowly ain't you never seen a hog killed he asked with some scorn unfortunately i never had and i could see that my ignorance caused me to fall visibly in his estimation the next sunday one of the women of the parish asked him how he liked the new minister i don't like him at all answered malachi grimly he ain't had no experience whatsoever he ain't never seen a hog killed speaking of hogs reminds me of a long railroad journey i took during which i became very much interested in a conversation with the man who sat opposite me in the crowded car i found he was an authority on the hog cholera the disease is not romantic but when it sweeps away in a few days every cent you have on earth including what you have borrowed and invested in pork on the hoof it becomes tragic i discussed the matter with him for several hours and learned a great deal about the insidious disease we both got off at the same town and i invited him to come up to the church that night and join in the services good gosh he said looking me over i wore my ordinary brown clothes and was covered with dust as usual are you a preacher i try to be in a small way i answered smiling well i'll be hanged he replied in great astonishment i took you for a farmer what did you want to know all that about hog cholera for he came to the service however and afterwards became one of my right-hand men in another mission what i had learned about hog cholera proved to be of great value on several occasions when i was the guest of some of my farmer friends when i reached a certain town on the border i always found the church beautifully clean the fires lighted the lamps filled and everything in good order a faithful woman attended to these things but on one occasion i found that nothing had been done i fixed things up as well as i could alone and after the service i went over to her house to find out what was the matter her absence was easily explained she had sustained a serious injury some time before and that afternoon an operation had been performed upon her she was a daughter of the king when i came into the room she was lying very white and weak upon the bed she whispered to me to turn down the cover a little i did so and there on the breast of her night robe was pinned the little silver cross of the order she had suffered agonies uncomplainingly i was told and i understood her when she whispered i am wearing it and bearing it as well they told me she had gone to sleep under the ether with her hand clasped around the little cross oh those daughters of the king how they proved their right to bear that name i rode forty miles one day to make a little town when i was archdeacon of another diocese to bury one of them i had just come from the funeral of the bishop in the cathedral there were the sweetest music the loveliest flowers the white-robed clergy bishops of the church and great crowds of people who had loved the dead bishop as children love a father and everything had been done to do honour to the memory of that great man who had been taken away from us here in this little town was a humble cottage half dug out half log cabin the winter and the spring had been one of the hardest through which the diocese had ever passed and the blighting hand of poverty and distress had simply deprived the people of everything except the barest and rudest necessities of life they were many of them actually in want the woman who died was a daughter of the king the five or six members of the order who formed the chapter in the village had done their best for her they had gathered somewhere a little pitiful bunch of ragged flowers which they had put upon her breast where she was laid in the rude pine coffin and with the harsh voices of those whose lives are spent in hard toil they sang and chanted the service it was the same service and by chance some of the same hymns which had been used so splendidly for the great bishop the rich and the poor meet together the lord is the maker of them all man could do no more for the one than for the other the feeble cry of a new-born life in the next room sadly interrupted me as i read the service i have often wondered if there was not some deeper meaning than we dream of in that scriptural verse which says notwithstanding she shall be saved in child-bearing there were no carriages there they were all so poor that we walked to the little cemetery a straggling procession over the bleak prairie the men carrying the coffin on their shoulders during the service as the women sat around me i noticed their feet thrust out from beneath the frayed borders of their well-worn dresses and through their broken shoes i could see that some of them on that bitter cold day had no stockings on yet when the chapters of the order sent up their contributions to pay the salary of a new missionary as their memorial to the memory of the beloved bishop this little chapter of poverty and care was remarkable for the amount of its gifts truly from those who have not more is to be received than from those who have there were several hundred daughters of the king in that diocese who had agreed to take ten cents and so use it as to increase it to a dollar more or less which was to be sent to the secretary to be used for the salary of a missionary for the next year the amount which would keep a missionary in the field for a year in connection with the contributions he would receive from the people among whom he worked was only three hundred dollars as everywhere the missionaries were poorly paid they more than raised this amount and they earned it most of them in very peculiar ways one woman a graduate of one of the noted eastern colleges whose husband was trying to weather a temporary financial storm a frequent occupation with businessmen out there was at her wits end to know what to do with her ten cents until her husband told her one day that he had a sick pig on his farm which he would give her for missionary purposes if she could do anything with it some people never give anything but sick pigs for missions by the way though this man was not of that kind his wife had some little knowledge of medicine and anatomy and a great deal of common sense she studied the pig and accurately diagnosed his case through the kindness of a local druggist she so brilliantly invested her ten cents in medicine and so successfully treated the sick porker that he not only got well but through her scientific dieting became the largest and finest of the drove and sold in the end for a very good price indeed so that she had the honour of sending in the largest contribution to the missionary's salary she told me she had become so much attached to the animal during the course of treatment that it was with poignant regret she saw him led away to be slaughtered it was a pure case of applied science speaking of college women reminds me of another who had married a young man well-educated and charming who had come from the east to make his fortune on a farm it requires a peculiar talent to be a good farmer and much intellectuality to grasp the details and learn the methods i found out that it was a deep subject the first time i took the plough handles from the young boy who was guiding them with one hand i discovered that it was not as easy as it looked for i ploughed that furrow by main strength i forced the share through the earth by my unaided efforts at least i could not see that the horses did anything particular except to keep ahead although sometimes the machine took long bounds over the surface so that when my row was finished it looked like a succession of dots and dashes the farmer and his son were dying of laughter at my red face strained back blistered hands and panting breast so i felt my religious influence over them would be gone until i learned how to do it which I presently did. Hic labor, hic opus est. To return to my story, this young man was utterly impractical. He knew nothing about farming, and did not have the particular bent of mind by which he could learn. A succession of bad years and partial crop failures, and recurring children, they are the only crops which never fail on a frontier farm, reduced the family to the direst depths the woman had a pretty taste with her pen and pencil and she actually supported them proudly rejecting any offers of charity during one hard long winter by painting and embroidering dainty trifles which her friends carried about throughout the state and disposed of for her and she did all the other work that devolved upon her besides the life of a frontier farmer's wife is about the hardest which can fall to the lot of woman she has duties about which her more favoured sisters know nothing all the cares of a large and ever-increasing family with several hired hands to cook and wash for usually a calf or two to bring up by hand a brood of motherless chicks needing attention a kitchen garden cows to milk and heaven only knows what else she has no society and no amusements very infrequent church services with no time to read and no place to go she even finds no interest in the changing fashions for the fashion of her narrow world never changes her life is a tragedy the saddest of all of the commonplace she often dies old in middle age or goes mad the largest group in the state lunatic asylum is made up of farmers wives when by chance she does survive all the troubles and labors of youth and middle life she becomes one of the finest sturdiest strongest most independent and self-respecting of women she has suffered struggled and not been broken the men live other and larger lives they are in the open air mainly they go to town frequently trade discuss vote it is a different story Wherever I went, I never got away from culture and refinement. I stopped for a glass of water once at a nondescript dwelling, half dug-out, half sod-house, alone on the prairie. As I dismounted from my horse, a woman came out to greet me. She had been graceful and pretty. I could see it, in spite of her worn, haggard, and overworked look i remarked as i took the proffered tin dipper of water that i had never seen a house quite like that before she answered that neither had she but that she was even glad for that poor shelter for herself and children she too was a graduate of an eastern college and i baptized her two little children before i rode away her husband was away after cattle and she was alone there was not another house four miles in any direction oh the hardships the people endured in bad years i will not slander the western country when it gets water it blossoms like the rose and crops are simply enormous people who live in the east have no idea of the fertility of the soil and the luxuriance of the vegetation when there is rain but they are equally unable to realize the aridity and desolation of the land when there is no water i have seen it when the hot winds came up from the south and fairly withered the grain i have ridden for two days through walls of corn that towered above my head as i sat my horse and two days after i have seen that same corn wilted and ruined as if a gigantic flat-iron had been pressed upon it when two or three years of drought would follow in succession the misery of the people would become almost unendurable i remember after burying the daughter of the king i told you of i hitched up a pair of broncos and drove off to a town twenty-seven miles away there had been no rain for months the winter wheat was all killed and corn had not yet been planted the fields were bare and desolate beyond description the dust from the roads where it had not been blown away by the fierce winds was over the fetlocks of the horses everything was dry and burned up to the last degree it was a cold bleak day in march driving rapidly along at a turn in the road i came across a curious picture there was a dilapidated prairie schooner which was in this instance a common farm wagon with a tattered canvas top on circular hoops a shabby faded dejected woman sat on the high seat holding a nursing baby in her arms two little children stood or sat beside her and the father of the family had dismounted and was standing in the road by his team one of his horses wretched creatures they were had fallen in the traces and was dying the other stood quietly with drooping head contemplating his companion half a dozen gaunt starved horses were looking at the group from over a fence near by in a manner which strongly suggested compassion and sympathy on the other side of the road in a cornfield from which every stalk of corn had been stripped by hungry cattle lay a dead cow and two dead horses which had probably starved or died of thirst there were black crows circling around and over everything the dust blinding choking throttling dust as i reined in my horses the man sat down in the wayside ditch buried his head in his hands looked at the dead horse and cried i heard the woman say don't papa don't as i stopped you seem to be in trouble stranger i said can i help you can i do anything for you no said he looking up defiantly gods forgot us drive on the next year was a bountiful one such crops i never saw and to anticipate for several years after they continued the same just for curiosity i once tried to force my horse through a field of sorghum used for fodder and found the greatest difficulty in making any progress at all so thick and dense was the growth of the cane in the fall of that year while driving along the country road i came across another prairie schooner with a happier family of occupants i asked the man where he was going going back east he said blithely back to old illinois didn't you have a good crop this year i queried splendid glorious never saw such crops such a yield he cried well why are you leaving then i asked stranger he said impressively this is the first time in five years that i have had any crop at all and it's the first chance in five years for me to scrape up enough money to get away i swore if i got the chance i would take it and that's why i'm going back again some of the farmers the better ones pluckily stuck it out and in many good years they reaped their reward general sheridan said that all the netherworld needed to make it habitable was water and good society that country had plenty of society it only wanted water horses were cheap there in fact you could hardly give them away i remember a stockman came to a friend of mine speaking on this wise i've got six young and middlin horses well broke and considering the hard times in pretty fair condition what'll you give me for them i'll give you ten just like em said my friend and think myself lucky to save the feed and care of four of em End of chapter three